What's up, guys? Welcome into a Friday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. Your host, Jake Burns. We are joined by good friend of the show, of my life, John Colosimo. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. We are going to talk about a couple different things. This is going to be these off-season ones now that we're... This is what I really consider the off-season, John. This period of time between now and training camp we get some relief with uh you know with some ota clips that come out and then we'll get some with mini camp too but this is the oasis man so we will try to come up with some topics for you do our best here they're going to be a little off the wall sometimes but that's that's what we'll have to do and try to preview some other teams in the division and the afc as a whole and maybe do some ranking stuff like that on our friday shows but i gotta ask before we start john like is there? Did you see Top Gun yet? Because uh, and I know we've uh, we've had some discussion about it, but I don't. I didn't know if you got to it yet. No, I had like a deal with my brother that uh, that if the reviews he poo pooed the idea to begin with, and I um, said that if the reviews were off the charts, then uh, we could force that in. So uh, I think it's time, from what I've heard. It's time. It's time, dude. Uh, did you? Did you? Were you a lover of the original? Yeah, for them. I mean, you know, I was pretty young, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was a classic when I was growing up. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I remember seeing the the original when I was growing up. And it's been a long time, and I remember looking when this was announced. This prequel, sorry, sequel has been announced for like, I don't know, man. Didn't this process take like three years because they were going to release it during the pandemic, and then they didn't? And I think it's been out and rumored for a while, so. I, I just I, I told myself eventually I would watch the original. I thought it was like early nineties. I didn't realize it was nineteen eighty six, which yeah. uh, which is a while ago. Pretty good movie making for nineteen eighty six. I'd say probably peak uh, peak aviator uh, whitey tidy movie. Like they're everywhere. Um, <laughs> pro- probably the peak of that. But uh, yeah, this one this one's good, man. It is as I'll say it this way. It's it's the perfect movie topic for filming a movie in two thousand twenty two or whenever they filmed it, maybe a year ago or two years ago, modern camera shooting. It's unbelievable. And I would say it's the most fun um, in, in theater experience I've had in a while. Like in, in it, it's up there with like in game, the reward and payoff of in game. Like I just, it was mind blowingly good uh, for, for, for an in theater experience. So find the loudest, biggest screen you can get to. And I think you'll have a really great time. The perfect, like it felt like a movie to me. They could have mailed it in and gotten money from it, no matter what they did. But they actually wrote a good script. It was acted really well. The the casting was awesome, and it somehow works into being one of the better theater experiences I've ever had, man. And it's really good. So I do look forward to maybe next Friday or the Friday after that. I don't know. We'll get your Top Gun opinion at some point, but really freaking good, man. Really good. Um. So the other thing that I wanted to hit on before we really get to the Browns, I guess it kind of does pertain to versions of the Browns, but Alex Mack retires, man. I can, there's a run of draft picks. I think Mack was, a, was he a 2010 pick? I can't quite remember the year. That was Mangini's um, first year, maybe, or maybe going into the second year. So he's 36 now. He was, he was an 09 pick. I can remember where I was when Alex Mack was picked because uh, I was at Muskingum at the time. I was in uh, one of the dorm rooms called Kelly Kelly Hall, man. And uh, I was an RA, and I was on, like, duty at the front desk for the draft, which was pretty sweet, actually, gig. You could sit there, watch the draft, and, and get paid. And I was uh, I was just like, okay, t- draft in the center. 
in the first round. We'll see if it works out. He's a hell of a football player. One of those really fun. I guess it would spring to me. It would spring that 10 year run now. I would say a decade plus of just pretty, pretty good Browns offensive lines. Like I really enjoyed Alex Mack. Pretty big bummer when him and Schwartz left. Uh, eventually, I think it was probably inevitable with where the competitive nature of the franchise was at that time. But really, really enjoyed Alex McMahon. Hall of Famer? Question mark. What do you think? You know, there's a lot of competition for it. Um, he's certainly one of the better centers. You know, I think, um, you know, he's even just during his time, um, Mangold is going to be yeah. higher than him. You know, um, I think it just depends on the draw there. I think he's good enough. Um, I, it's just a question of who he gets paired up with and and what the competition looks like. But I think just over the course of that same-ish NFL period, I think Mangold was clearly the better center. So and maybe maybe that's he's far enough away because Mangold retired what four years ago, something like that. Yeah, it, it wasn't that long ago. He's still doing commercials in his Jets uniform recently. <laughs> a terrible Bud Light commercial, if I recall. The offensive linemen do not make good commercials. I think oh, it's terrible. I, the one with uh, uh, Joel Batonio and uh, and the yeah, Jets. him and Conklin. Oh my God, it was so bad. It was funny. I mean, it was like, I, I don't know if they were in on the bit, but it was so I hope terrible. they were. They, yeah. I hope they were. There are not many centers in in the uh, Hall of Fame, dude. Not many yeah. modern centers. Like, okay, the, the, Der, Dermani Dawson retired in 2000. Um, man, there really are not very many. Like, Eight, there's a center, Jim Langer, from who retired from retired in eighty one. A center, Kevin Mawai, I guess, would be the most modern center, ninety four to oh nine. That's wow. that's the most recent center. Jim Otto was a seventy four. Jim Ringo was sixty seven. Dwight Stevenson was eighty seven. Mike Webster was ninety. Bruce Matthews, who played more than just center, but he was on there. It's actually really hard to crack it as a center. And I know there are some people who like Willie Anderson is the right tackle. The right tackle market is hard because you could you could make an argument that that Mitchell Schwartz, who was the was one of the better, if not the best, right tackle in football for a pretty long period of time here, right? Like he could have a little it, bit I of think an almost argument. That whole time in KC, maybe up until his last year, I think. I mean, he yeah, had, he had multiple All Pros. Yeah, he was really good. I don't know if I mean, it seems like they're still not valuing right tackles. It's like I'm reading that there's not very many right tackles that have cracked. I mean, Joe Thomas is a lock. I think he'll be a first ballot, largely because not because Joe wasn't great. We all know how great he was, but I think the snap record, um, I think the the consecutive snap record will always be something that is like gets him into the uh, gets him into the Hall of Fame. I would say too another random thing here before we move to some Brown stuff. I did not realize how many snaps. And Dominican Sue has played. And I recently r- realized this because of um, the Browns were kind of low key rumored to be interested in him. But talking about snap records, uh, like I know it's not the same as Joe Thomas because defensive tackles rotate and all of that. But he's played every single game since 2012, John. That's bananas. <laughs> I mean, he played every single game from. The only season he missed games, he missed two games in 2011. He's not, he's not missed any other. He's not missed any other games. I mean, that to me is an interior player who plays a lot of snaps. 
that's kind of bananas. It's probably something that's not talked about enough. I feel like Sue got such a bad rap for some of the dirty stuff he did early in those Detroit days that people have just oh, yeah. kind of pushed him off to the side. Even but in he's, Nebraska, same thing. Yeah, he, he's a he's a four time All Pro. Um, actually, sorry, he's three time first team All Pro and two time second team All Pro. Is he a Hall of Famer too? I mean, oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. Uh, I did the interior. I just don't think there's that many guys like, and you know, uh, I mean, if you're there, there's a couple of guys I think that were better, um, you know, over the last 15 years, but, but it's, you know, it's, it's a couple three, you know, I just don't think that there's that much, um, you know, that you get so over my lifetime, you know, like you had two unicorns in sap and Donald and, uh, you know, everybody else is so far beneath them that I think they get overshadowed a bit, um, you know, when Aaron it comes Donald. to that. But yeah, I, I do. I think uh, you get a, a five time all pro. Yeah, I think you step you step back and look at Donald. He's been in the league since 14. That's what, eight years. Yeah, eight years. So he's an eight time pro bowl or seven time all pro first team all pro um, every year except for one his rookie year. <laughs> Uh, four times one of the best football players that I have yeah. in my lifetime. Three time defensive player of the year could retire now and Jesus could glide into the Hall of Fame. Just and he an could have unbelievable eight year run. Oh my god, uh, just turned thirty as well. Like that, that he should make a million. It's like a billion dollars in this contract. I mean, whatever outrageous number you want to put out there, he should be making it because of this generation of guys. He is up there like of this, like, I don't know, post 2000 generation of football players. He is in the mix of this dude is maybe the best to ever do it. He's that Don, he's that much better than his peers, which is, which is, uh, it's crazy with the amount of athletes that come into the NFL, how far and away he's better than everybody else. So, um, we'll see if they work that out. seems like they think they're working in the right direction, but you never know. Anyway, let's talk uh, a little bit about, the the concept we wanted to hit on, which is I think kind of guys who we think are in in a in a really important year. Like it's an extremely important year for them. Um I don't want to rank them necessarily, but I just want to go back and forth a little bit. Guys that are in pivot years. I think leading the list for me uh, in terms of guys who have shown some things and just flat out have to be have to be better, like have to prove that they're what we think they are or or get better in some form or fashion as Jedrick Wills. So I think that it's pretty obvious that Jed is in a pivotal year. Um, he had a he had nice flashes, a pretty nice rookie year. Now, last year, you can kind of kick the can, John, and say the ankle. I mean, the ankle injury he suffered was pretty gnarly. You know, an upper upper ankle injury, a high ankle sprain is is pretty tough to deal with. Some people claim that that breaking the ankle is is better uh, ultimately than dealing with that injury. And he he tried to gut it out. He played through it as much as he could, but he was not the same player he was his rookie year. Now going into year three, where after year three, there has to be a decision made on whether they're picking up your option. You start talking about early contract extensions. To me, I think a guy who has a pretty high ceiling still could have a great year and figure it out or have a bad year. And this could go in the opposite direction. I do think that's in the realm of possibility. He is leading the charge for me of, Hey, they really need this guy to be a pretty damn good. And 
I don't know if you think there's one more important. I think you could make an argument for a few, but like he is wildly important to their season and his career in terms of like, if he's really good, he's going to force the Browns to pay him. And we know the Browns have shelled out quite a bit of money. So how they pay him would be interesting, but um, yeah, jet jet is a guy I've got my eye on most. Yeah. I think I was looking at this uh, two ways, you know, like one um, important for the player two important for the Brown season. I think Jed uh, yep. probably is number one in terms of um, hitting both high on the scale. You know, you, to a lesser extent, you got a guy like Jordan Elliott, who this is to make your, you know, this is, you're not going to be on a roster um, next year without um, a pretty decent jump. Um, the, you know, it, it just in terms of, you know, the Browns and, and who this season is hinging on, I think, um, I think a clowny right now, there's a, there's an awful lot of pressure on him. I, you know, obviously like the, some of the guys that, you know, are obviously like miles and stuff like that. We, we know how important that guy is, but you think about the way that people talk about, um, the way that people talk about the Browns defensive line and how important the, the clowny signing was. And that, that, you know, the, the flip side of that is, you know, the, the position the Browns would be in if he goes down with an injury or um, takes a, you know, takes a step further down. Um, you know, like I, I, if the Browns lost a guy like uh, Clowney, I think, and you know, it's important for him too. He's, he's obviously, he's been doing these one-year deals for a couple of years now. Um, you know, he had a hard pail of water, I think, splashed on him with a big price drop for him this year. Um, but I think that, you know, just in terms of the Browns, uh, Clowney, because of the, especially with the condition of the DTs, you know, um, the idea that, uh, you could do a significant portion of the season with miles and and a bunch of Jags is uh, terrifying. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
You mentioned too Greg Newsom. I think I think Greg is walking a fine line. I don't I don't like it's interesting to me. I think he can be a really good slot player, but the question now moves toward we've had this discussion for a while about slot players and they're so important and um you know you need you need players in there who can do certain things and I think what's interesting is is more teams are using 11 personnel than ever. So you need a nickel, but it still seems like that market, kind of like tight end on offense, is still being underpaid. And I would say nickel is highly, highly underpaid compared to that to that position uh, on offense and tight end. So Newsom moving inside. You said that um, you know Ramsey had 500 box and slot snaps too last season. So it's uh, and that was it's, new. It's right? interesting. What's that? You know, they, that was new. Like you look back in his career, well, whether it's with the Rams or, or before, um, you know, you're talking about they have, uh, they have box and slot um, on, on PFF's premium stats. Um, you know, you're talking like 100 or less on, on other seasons. And then all of a sudden he jumps to 500 snaps, which is almost half his non-special team snaps for the year. Yeah. Um, you know, like that's and, – and he had a fantastic year for him. Uh, I wonder if there, you know, if if there could be a little bit of a sign of some things to come where uh, some teams are are more willing to put some premium players on the inside versus. I mean, the the weird thing with that discussion is everybody talks about how how important that is in today's NFL, um, how difficult that position is to play, and yet rarely are they putting premium players there. So, um, you know, and now, I'd be a little worried about it too, John, from like from from Greg's perspective of you don't see them paid that well so I don't want to be that right you only see outside corners get paid handsomely you don't see slot guys get paid that well so that yeah, would make me sure. a little nervous from from his perspective but yeah I think I think you're nailing it Ramsey Ramsey may you know may help him along in that regard if he stays in that type of role um you know interestingly enough too you know when you look at the kind of defensive types um, if you saw some of those PFF articles over the last two seasons where they kind of, um, you know, clustered the, the defensive types, um, the Browns trended toward that small group of, um, you know, chargers, um, you know, Vangio, you know, Vic Vangio's, um, kind of cluster. Um, so you got, you know, you had Denver, you had, um, you had the chargers, you had the Rams, and you had um, Cleveland. Uh, I don't think that there was anybody else really clustered that closely with that type of defense. So I did have it a little bit in my mind. I wonder if if they are looking at kind of some of the things that um, that they were able to do with Ramsey and think that maybe Greg could fill a role like that. I guess one of the things that I, I still have in my head that I wonder – um, if we'd be in better shape this next time with Greg doing it is uh, if you remember in the playoffs against the chiefs uh, with Ward on Kelsey and uh, he, he got burned, he got toasted pretty good. Um, I don't know if you remember that play, but it's burned into my head. First of all, cause I was wondering why, why the heck we had Denzel Ward on Kelsey. Yeah. Um, but I do wonder with, with Greg's uh, better size and, um, you know, whether or not uh, that play looks different with a Newsom on him. And he did show some uh, proficiency in limited snaps last year doing it. So, you know, I don't know. I mean. Has to be, um, though, John, right? Yeah. You trade Troy yeah. Hill and you drafted another outside corner. You have to have that plan in mind. I think you're right about it. 
And to your point about that route, that that route, and I, I pointed this out. I don't know if you saw my timeline the other day. I think it was Cleveland.com posted a clip of a third and long in uh, seven on seven. And it was just a curl route. And at the top of the route, uh, Amari Cooper kind of got into a ward and pushed a little bit. You know, he could yeah. just, just mm-hmm. a little chicken wing and it throws him off. And Ward's issue has always been covering bigger guys, the physicality at the top of routes. You're talking about that Kelsey route. I think Kelsey ran like a stick and go put his foot mm-hmm. in the ground and Ward kind of just flew off of him and opened up a pretty easy throwing lane from a home. So yeah, that to me is like, I don't love Ward inside because I don't think he deals with that physicality aspect all too well. I think Jamar Chase even made a, a pretty great point about Denzel. I don't know if you saw that quote, but Jamar Chase was talking about who he studied coming into the league. And he was like, I studied that cat in Cleveland Ward uh, because <laughs> he uh, he's so patient. He's so patient and he doesn't really get beat by anything other than sometimes his eyes will get him in trouble, but the guy is so patient. He's just really complimentary of of Denzel, and I, I think Denzel's best served as an outside guy to play guys like Chase who line up outside those speed types. And you're right, though. Is Newsom able to handle some of the physicality stuff inside? It seems like it, and it seems like he's willing slash eager to do it if you, if you read his quote. So... I have I have noted and I did yes I think yesterday with Jordan Zerm that I just didn't like the Troy Hill trade, but I have to trust that there is some plan in place here that they think they have an answer to still get quality production from a player like Newsom in that role or have some other guys in case they do get some more. Hey, we're playing KC this week. They play a big slot or playing Oakland or sorry Las Vegas and they put Waller in the slot. We might put Emerson in there and play. You know, so they have some flexibility now we'll see what that ultimately looks like but maybe this is an evolving thing john maybe maybe players like that are moving in there more yeah Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on it for sure i'll tell you i like the idea of a red zone defense with with newsom and john johnson in the box um that that to me sounds pretty nice in terms of you know covering the you know the um you know just outside the box you know just that that middle um that middle area uh that sounds pretty good to me so yeah it's as an evolving defense i think they've said we have three corners that we like behind our top two because if they go base and from what i've seen this week and last it's still ward and newsome if they're in base three linebacker base then they trot in a nickel they bring in greedy and they'll bump newsome inside then they could also bring in a fourth corner and they have two other guys they really like outside and Emerson, obviously, and A.J. Green. So then there's some flexibility to to add another inside guy, either walk down John or something along those lines and bring in a dimebacker like Ronnie. So they have a lot of flexibility there, man. So that part of it should be a fun study from early in the season. I think you're right. I think they want their inside defensive backs when they go dime or when they're in nickel to be better football players overall, just better players. And I think they feel like they have an answer here. Otherwise, they would not have shipped Hill off as quickly as they did. So that answer being the right one or the wrong one will be fun to track this year. So I think at least at least to me in a you know small vacuum of of decisions that they have made, it's going to largely be a similar defense, which is great. We have not had three years of the same defensive coordinator in a while. Right. So um, that part of it is really nice, but we'll see. Um, yeah, that's it for today, guys. It's a pretty quick episode. Not a not a whole bunch to talk about. But, you know, we'll uh, we'll check in with John every Friday, maybe have some more fun topics coming and uh, try to continue to 
take a look at what's going on with the Browns and what's going on around the rest of the rest of the AFC North. And we'll probably get into the rest of the AFC and like a contender series and look at who the Browns will have to go through. So John, appreciate your time, my friend. Hey, always a good time, Jay. All right. That's a wrap for today. Thanks to John for joining. Thanks to you guys for checking out today's episode. Yesterday had a ton of great content on the OBR. Isaiah Thomas film room was up there. Um, Jack Duffin did such a great job with that 2023 salary cap outlook, a ton of different elements tied into the big contracts they've given where those things are going, go check out what Jack wrote up. And then uh, we had some, some stuff from Kevin Stefanski on this big role that David and joke was going to play because you know, you paid him like a guy who needs a big role. You better give him a big role. And they seem to want to do that. So check that out as well. Some good weekend content coming. We're going to start looking around the rest of the AFC North, ranking some of the players in there with some with some analytics to back up the standing of all those guys. So that should be a fun piece to, to dig into, whether Friday or over the weekend for your reading pleasure. So thanks again for joining today, supporting the OBR, whether this pod, the Twitch, or the website means the world to us. Thanks, guys. Have a great Friday. Go Browns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.